For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Field Day with Katie Black. Okay, welcome to Field Day with Katie Black. This is kind of a new slight, I don't know, a new angle I'm coming from that obviously will still be focused on sports, but it'll be more, you know, an episode that'll be strictly reporting on hot topics and sports in real time. And I've and I've added my dad on. What? Hello, dad. Hello, Katie. Hello. So yeah, we've dad's been in the podcasting world with me, but this is the first time he's been on the show. So what do you think? I'm excited. Yeah, dad knows a lot more about sports than I do. So we're going to each bring up a few topics that are currently going on as we record on August 23rd. So I'm going to go first. And so there's been some speculation that, well, it's not speculation. He literally, Tom Brady took off 11 days from the team. Um, concerning to deal with a per, quote personal issue, and was wondering what you think about that or what you've heard. I haven't heard. Any, <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Uh, I heard someone say that they thought he was on the the masked <laughs> singer <laughs> program on TV. <laughs> yeah, said it. That's something that he's had to come out and defend. It just says, "quote Tom Brady, I wasn't shooting masked singer. Conspiracy theory is bogus." So do you think if he wasn't Tom Brady that he could take 11 days off of practice? Um, probably not, you know, it's an important time. But I think it must have been something like, you know, something to do with his children, like getting them, taking them off to school or something like that. I think it was something real important, uh, personal matter, you know, not just that uh, he wanted to go to the beach with his kids. I think it was something that was important, you know, to him. Yeah, I know, but I guess it's like don't a bunch of. I mean, I hope it's way more personal than getting his kids off to school. But well, yeah, I'm, I just that was the example. Yeah, I mean, it could be like you know if they were going off. It could be the, like a health issue, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't you think? It could be. It could be just something with his parents, I guess. Okay, so speaking of Tom Brady, what do you think about him still playing? It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I think. Um, um, I can't think of his name now. Franco uh, played with the with Atlanta Braves, baseball player. He played into his, I think he was in his mid-40s, you know, uh, might, have, might have been a little bit older. But, yeah, any, any pro sports, basketball, football, baseball, um, any, anything past your late 30s, you're, you're really um, – you're talent really drops off and, and a lot of those players that played that late they weren't as good as they were when they were younger Brady looks as good now as he was when when, you know, when he was 30 or when he was 25 or whatever uh, uh, it's amazing that not only is he still playing but the level he's that's what's amazing is the level he was playing at it's just unbelievable that someone of that age has played that long in such a rough sport uh, is able to continue to play and to play at such a high level it's it's just unheard of. 
So why do you think that last year he's like, I'm going to retire? And then he's like, oh, just kidding. What what was that about? Well, Katie, I guess there's a thing, you know, on your program you get into sometime. You've got these people that from the time they were, let's say, eight years old, their goal was to be play uh, pro football. And that's been their goal, and they've been practicing, and that's been the big part of their life. So now that they're so like they started when they're eight, and now when they're when they're thirty eight, you know they they've been playing in this sport for thirty years, you know, and they still th- consider themselves a, a young person, which they are in in most uh, careers. But they've done it for thirty years, and so I think that it's just like, well, you know, I, I think I can still play. I want to play one more year, and and you've. I can't think of them any off the hand right now, but a lot of really great players stay in the game too long. You know, they try to push it a little bit more. And so I think that's what it is. You've done it for 30 years. Uh, like in Brady's case, he's, you know, he's getting close to having played or talked about football for 40 something years uh, and probably played some type of organized ball, you know, from youth, youth leagues, you know, through high school, through college, now in the pros. So, you know, he's, that's a huge part of his life. And so uh, I think it's kind of scary. I know when when I retired, it was like, well, what, what am I going to do now? You know, I was in my profession for 40-something years, you know, and so, like, what am I going to do now? So I can think it's even more on ath- athletes because they've dedicated so much time to it, you know, and that now uh, what can they do? You know, can they uh, be a sports announcer or sports writer, whatever. So I, I, I can see why. As long as you're playing at the high level, it's so much fun and you enjoy it so much. It's such a big part of your life. You want to play it as long as you can play it. So basically, he just can't quit. I think I think that's it. You know, I think it's just like I say, it's he's so good at it. It's been such an important, you know, part of his life. You know, maybe if he if he'd won another Super Bowl last year, if he'd won another Super Bowl, you know, he he might have hung it up. But it, it's the the fact he's won so many, and I think he, you know each year he thinks he's going to win one. So I think he'd I think he'd like to go out with a Super Bowl win. So I think he said, "Well, you know, I had a pretty good year last year, and I think I'm might can do it this year." So um, I think he'd like to go out with a, with a win. And so, like I say, he's playing at such a high level, and um, you know, I think he wants you know one more try. You know, so um, why do you think that? He departed from Belichick and the Patriots. I think it's just a, a change because no matter what you do, if you in some things you you do it over and over, you, you get stale, uh, you get less innovative, you know. And so I think it was just maybe it was time for a change. They had you know played together all those years and accomplished so much. I think he might say, well, that's you know a little bit different. Maybe it'll, it 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 enthused him by you know playing with new players and a new coach and stuff. And so I think he got into this point in his life that you know he needed he wanted to continue to play football, but he wanted to change his surroundings and maybe that would uh, you know keep him you know young and alert and stuff like that. So I th- I think it was just a, it was time for a change. Do you think that hurt Belichick's feelings or like he wanted to prove something to him? Well, there was some some things, you know, they were always, you know, uh, Brady being the best player and Belichick being the best coach. And they said, well, one of what would they done with that, with that, without each other? And so maybe there was a little bit of that. I'm not sure that Belichick and Brady was thinking like that. But I know a lot of people in the public were saying, well, you know, Belichick couldn't have won as many games without Brady and Brady couldn't win without Belichick, you know. But, you know, the two together was a, a tremendous uh, duo. And so um, – I, I, 
maybe you know maybe uh, both of them wanted to see if they could do it without the other. So it could be you know that they were trying to uh, you know accomplish something without without the other. I think it was just mainly meant for a change and a new a new look on th- on life and on sports and a different town with different players and stuff. Uh, and probably some of it was probably like. I wonder if I can win a Super Bowl without Coach, or Coach wondering if I can win a Super Bowl without Brady. So maybe that was part of it. Okay, now you can bring up a topic. Okay, well you know the um, the my, my favorite sports is college football and baseball, and I've been looking and and noticing like baseball. Baseball is so traditional. You know they hardly ever change anything. It's always you know uh, I can remember <clears throat> you know in in 19 I think it's 1961 they went from 154 games I think 154 to 162 and it was like they had all these records <laughs> all these records it was based on 154 games and when it went to 162 it was like and what happened that year in 1961 is Mars hit 61 home runs he broke Babe Ruth record which was you know the the record of all records you know but he he did it in in eight more games and so it was like should we put a, a an apostrophe beside it so it's not the same as Ruth because Ruth hit it in 54 Mary's hit it and hit it in six in uh, 60 in uh, two games eight more you know and that was one of their first hand like they they I think the National League was formed in 1901 in those first years there's a lot of little changes and stuff you know they used to have four strikes and used to have uh if the ball uh bounced over the fence it was a home run it had some kind of crazy rule like that but after about you know 10 years and up till i guess 1910 uh things were pretty much settled so from 1910 to well 1961 they hardly changed anything and so when they changed that it was a big upheaval you know, it was a big upheaval, but it finally settled down. And you don't hear anything about it now. But here lately, Katie, they've been changing all kind of rules. And what what baseball tries to do, what they're concerned with, they've been losing fans for years. And what they're trying to do is two things: they're trying to make the game faster, because especially with young people, you know, they they, they want to do eight innings or something. Well, not not. The same nine innings, but play it faster. In oh, other words, yeah, not, that would be great. You know, and that's one thing. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing, other thing they want to do is uh, have more offense. And so all of a sudden, for year for years and years, they've been traditional. We don't want to. We don't want to change anything. We want to keep things the same. Now all of a sudden, they're changing stuff. The, and you, the only other time they did that was back in the um, in the late sixties, sixty nine. That the pitchers was just dominating, so they lowered the mound. I've got maybe five inches. They lowered the mound where the pitcher would have less leverage coming off the mound, throwing the ball. You know, trying to trying to give the hitters the benefit. You know, uh, the, they did that. In, I think it's '69, and then in 1973, and this was the most controversial thing they had done. They came up with a designated hitter, but only the American League did it. The National League didn't do it. Where in the American League, your pitcher could stay in the game and pitch, but he didn't have to bat, you know. And they had that for year, since 1973. Well, the National League didn't do it. All of a sudden, this year, or last year, they, 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 they changed it where the – this year, I mean, the National League and the American League will both um, have designated hitters. 
and they started changing other things. You know, just it was like I say they were so traditional. They they changed like extra inning games, and they said this was to you know keep for safety reasons to players wouldn't get tired and stuff like that. And so what they did in extra inning games is to start if the game was tied in nine innings in the tenth inning, the team come in the bat, they'd put a man already on second base. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was like, wow, that was unheard of. I was like, well, that's really, really unusual, you know. So, like I say, here lately, you know, both, both leagues using the the designated hitter uh, uh, in um, in the extra inning games, you know, you can put a um, a man on second base where you hopefully you'll get a run scored in a game. Again, you can see the game, these extra inning games last even longer. So what they're trying to do, if it's an extra inning, let's cut it short where we won't, you know, won't go, you know, 18, 19 innings, which in some games have you know, gone 20-something innings. So they're really starting to, like I say, they're trying to make it a faster game and they're trying to make more, more offense. And now they're talking about, they're talking about, uh, like for next year, uh, have a timer on, on pitches. In other words, but from, from the time the batter gets in the batter's box and the pitcher gets the ball, that they have to throw it in a certain amount of time so that, you know, a lot of times you'll see a game, the pitcher will be out there and he'll be looking around and the batter will get in the batter box and he'll scratch the grass a little bit, dirt a little bit, and he'll step out and look around and wrap his, his glove, tighten his gloves, you know. And those kind of things that, you know, are when the manager comes out and his pitcher's not doing real well and they talk. And so they're trying to do these things, you know. So they're thinking about having a, a timer, you know, so that between pitches you got a certain amount of, of, of time to, to throw the ball to the plate. So that's one other thing. The the other thing that they're doing that, as you wondered when 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 they was going to get to it, is they're they're talking about maybe in twenty twenty four I believe it is, to have uh, electronic balls and strikes. Other words, a robot. Well, uh, you know, cameras and stuff, radar and stuff. You know, you, you, you when when a batter comes up, the strike zone is the area over the plate, and between. The midpoint between his shoulders, and I think the, the, the it's right below the kneecaps. So it has to be over the plate and somewhere between the midpoint and his shoulders and the top of his kneecaps when he gets in his stance. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they think they they can do um, electronic things where they where they call balls and strikes. So uh, no umpire. Well, they talked about it one time. I don't think they do is is have a man behind the plate, and he'll have an earpiece. And then off off site, they'll have the, the cameras and all that stuff set up. So with each pitch, they'll tell the umpire what it was, and he'll call balls or strikes. I guess it's trying to keep the same thing. Plus, you know, when there's a play at the plate, they need somebody to you know to call that. So they might have umpires. I mean, they might have a man behind the plate, but he would just be uh, calling what the what the uh, radar told him the ball was a ball or a strike. That they might do in that, and then they, they, um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the game lately, but uh, it used to be years ago. You know, a first baseman played in this place, and, the, and you, you played first base. You played in this certain area. Second baseman always played, you know, in a certain kind of area, shortstop and third base. I mean, you could kind of move around. You could be close to the bag, a little bit over. Well, they started instead of being in positions which they, which people would think, you know, the majority of the people would hit the ball. They started thinking like, well, this player, you know, he hits 60% of the time, he hits the ball in this area. So they started putting three men, especially left-handed hitters, they would put, you know, 
the, the second baseman would be in short in the outfield, and the shortstop would be, you know, just a little bit to the right of second base. What that did, you know, is cut cut down on hits and, and runs and stuff. So now they're thinking about having kind of a pie-shaped thing that goes out from second base that you can only – you got to have two people on the, the left side of second base and two people on the right side. Again, trying to help the hitter, trying to m- score more runs and stuff. And the other thing that they're doing is funny is they're making the bases bigger. Right now, the bases are like 15 by 15. Why? What's the theory behind that? When I first saw that, I thought, what in the world are they trying to do to make the bases bigger? So, And it really does that they're like 15 by 15, and they're going to be 18 by 18. And when you look at a 15 by 15 by side of 18 by 18, it does look, I mean, it's it's a lot bigger. And what in the world are they trying to do? And one of the things that that they've noticed is that stealing bases, which is an exciting play that I I forgot how many years, that nobody has stole more than 50 bases where, you know, in years past, you know, uh, you'd have guys that would be 60, 90, you know, a bunch of bases. So they think by making the the bases bigger – that, that you know, of course, of course, it'll shorten a little bit the distance between, and they'll have more bag to slide to, you know. So uh, that's the thing they're doing, you know. Why don't they just create a whole other game? Well, I would say baseball is so traditional, and baseball is such a big part of, of of America, you know. And for so long, they were just like you know, and they're real big on their records, so they want all the records to be based on the same thing, you know. And that's why, like I say, in '61 when they went from 50, 154 games to 162. That everybody got bent out of shape when Mass hit 61 home runs. It's like, well, that's not fair. He had eight more games. And so they were so, you know, like with their records, no other sports, their records are so important. Like who did, who was the best at this and who was the best at that. And so here it is now that, that they're doing a lot of things that's going to change. So now, you know, when they widen the bases like that and somebody, you know, breaks the stolen, stolen bases record, is it going to have an asterisk by it? Well, so and so, Hendricks. You know, he, he had a small, smaller base to slide to. So, it, but, but what it is, they're losing fans, and they want to shorten the game, and they want to make it more exciting. And so that's the kind of the driving force that here lately at baseball is trying to get real innovative and stuff. To, so these all these things that you mentioned, they're going to do with them, or they're thinking well, about they, it? They're thinking. They're thinking that, you know, it'll help. It'll help. It'll help improve the game. Well, I don't know if it improves the world. It'll make, the, make for more offense. And it's like people say, when you hear people t- talk they don't like soccer, the reason they don't like soccer is they don't score much. You know, that's what most people say. Well, God, they hardly score any. And so baseball is trying to do that, more scoring and stuff. You know, you'll hear people say, boy, that was a great game. It was, you know, you know, 49 to 43. And you hardly ever hear somebody say, well, that was a great game. That game was, uh, you know, 10 to 6 or 10 to 7 or something. So they're trying to make it more exciting and shorten where it'll appeal to, especially to the young people today, where they can go out and not have to spend, you know, the whole evening and everything at a game. And so I, I just, like baseball is, like I say, my, my favorite sport is next to college football. Um, it, it's amazing how they're changing things now. Again, you know, trying to get more, you know, money drives everything, trying to get more people in the stands, trying to make it more exciting, trying to make it shorter. So uh, I've been thinking about that and just thought it was uh, uh, ironic that uh, – how things have, have have changed, you know, uh, uh, since you know sixty one and seventy three when they made some changes that were huge at the time, and and then all of a sudden they basically froze things until here lately when they've really brought in you know new innovative things to to perk the game up, make it faster. So that was one thing. That's that, cool. Yeah, I I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you know, you, well, it's just cool. That's very interesting, isn't it? 
Well, I, yeah, I, I'm sure if you're not a baseball fan, that really doesn't seem all that important. But it's a uh, it's it's a big deal. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, and I'm wondering how they're going to handle records, you know, on things where, you know, they have certain rules and so and so wasn't able to do that, and um, he had a bigger base to slide to, or those kinds of things, you know. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my fact and. It's really more asking you about it, but so we're located in Charlotte. So I guess that makes us Carolina Panther fans, right? Correct. Yes. So they're saying this week, released yesterday, Baker Mayfield insists that this is not a redemption year, but that he will make his first start at, as quarterback for the Carolina Panthers against the Browns. Uh, but what the big thing is that their first game of the season, which is is here in in Charlotte, they're uh, they're playing the Cleveland Browns, which is. Baker's old team, and um, uh, he left that under you know really not not the best of, of situations. Why? Well, they brought in another quarterback. In other words, they already had him, and they and what was his name? Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they brought in Deshaun Watson and paid him a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. You know, just unbelievable amount of money, huge amount guarantee and stuff. And so here he is. He's the he's the starting quarterback, and he is he had taken him to the playoffs before. You know. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, they go after him. And I'm sure that uh, uh, Baker like, well, golly, you know, what, what does that mean for me? And so I think, you know, the thing is, well, okay, I'll have a chance to show show them, you know, that they shouldn't have, you know, passed up on me that I've got a lot of good years left. So that's that'll be a big game. It's the opening game. You know, it, it'll be it'll be an exciting game. So basically, why if someone was like, why would they have who's the other Sam Darnold? Why would why so basically up until now they're gonna make them fight over? Well, they, uh, uh, Sam was their quarterback last year, and he was their starting quarterback. And I and I assume like always, like well, we didn't we didn't win enough games, and in in pro ball and in college too, uh, but definitely in pro ball, um, if you had if you don't have a a really super type quarterback, then your chances of winning uh, is greatly diminished. You know, you have so many games that in the last minute and a half and stuff, the team wins, and it's because they have – you know, you always hear about game-winning drives, you know. And so I guess to, to the, the key to, to winning and being in the Super Bowl is, you know, is to have an outstanding quarterback. You know, Tom Brady is an example. And so uh, I guess the coach, coaching staff and ownership felt like that they – that with Sam Darnold, they could be rise to a certain point, but not beyond that. He would never take them to the playoffs or to, or to the Super Bowl. And Baker May, Baker was a, was available, and so they thought it was a good chance to to bring him in. That he had proven he could take a team, you know, to the playoffs. And so they they started off like, well, okay, y'all y'all guys compete for the for the starting quarterback in, in in practice is that normal yeah that's normal yeah that's normal to have a because a lot, a lot of time you'll you'll have a, a an existing quarterback and then they'll they'll uh, uh draft you know some super you know college player and so yeah it, it's in all teams you're even though you're the starter you're to some extent always competing for a job now of course Brady doesn't have to compete for his job, you know, and and a lot of the other quarterbacks don't either because they've so established themselves over the years. But in situations where uh, a team has had a you know a winning season year after year, and um, 
they've been experimenting. It's usually, you know, everybody's, you know, battling for their position. And you'll have a, a few all-pro players that's, you know, the, the, they're not really competing for their position. But uh, when you're not winning and you get new quarterbacks or you get new running back or wide receiver, a linebacker, a lot of times that they'll the, – the guy who was already there will have to compete with a new guy for his position. And that happens all over. This is kind of unusual in the fact that, that uh, they're going to – the quarterback that they got now is going to be playing against a team that uh, uh, didn't treat him in the best of, of situations. Yeah, so you, obviously that's strategic that they have him playing against the, the Browns. That's what now? Obviously that's a strategic move to have the, him playing against the Browns. No, I know that the schedule's already set up. Oh, okay. Yeah, the setups, you know, they – well, I, 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 I'm not sure about – uh, I, I shouldn't, shouldn't have said that. Well, whatever. Allegedly, it, yeah, you can say allegedly. I, I don't think the schedule the schedule was set up based on that 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 criteria. No, I'm just saying. I just wondered if. No, I don't think the schedule was set up. I just didn't know if they're like, hey, why don't you just start on this game? No, I think I think the the, the coach made the choice. He thought they're gonna play the the quarterback that that they think has the best chance to win, not because it's gonna set up some kind of dramatic situation. No. They're, gonna, they're gonna choose. They're gonna say, "Oh God, this will be exciting to put him in there." I think they they choose the the, the starter who they think can help them win the game, regardless of what kind of drama that may or may not create. So why didn't they treat Baker with respect, the Browns, just because of who they picked over him, or it, what? It's a business. It's a business. In other words, yeah. That, but if you're a business, was that a good business decision? Well, you know, you, you talk about loyalty and you talk about things like that, you know. But when it comes right down to it. It's it's a business. the The business in in football or any other sports, uh, the business makes more money when the team wins, and you you try to try to get the people who you think will help you win. You know, and so uh, it, it's it's a you know a tough situation to be in because each like I say, almost every year you're you're competing you know for a starting position, which means all this stuff. But again, it's based on. They try to get the best players who they think they can win. And if they think this guy can help them win better than this guy, it doesn't matter how long he's been there, you know. Because you have guys that, you know, like been there, been there 10, 12 years and been all pro and stuff, but they've lost a little bit of their game. Well, they don't think anything about, well, this young guy is going to be better than so-and-so, so we're going to play him. So they try to make a decision to put the player, just like any other business, the person who's going to be the best for their company, you know, who's going to, you know, sell the most widgets or score the most touchdowns or tackle the most people or block the most whatever, that's what they're trying to, they're trying to win because winning equates into, you know, more more fans in the stands, so you sell more merchandise, everything. So uh, it's a job, it's a business like that that they'll select who they think is going to win and, and it, even though you've, you've, you've put in 10 years and been really good, this 11th year, you're not quite the person to be there, then you're not going to play as much. What do you, so do you think the Browns regret what they did? I, I, I don't know. It, I mean, uh, it, it, we'll see. How, it will, I guess what it'll be is, depending on what kind of season they have and what kind of season the Panthers have, they may sit back and say, you know, we should, might should have gave him one more year. So, well, no, I, just the fact that they picked this guy over him who can't even play for eleven games. Well, I think if they're lucky, the, the for some reason uh, the Browns were the Browns were aware of his legal situation he was in, and knowing that that what happened was a possibility. Again, I guess they wait. Okay, he has this 
this thing hanging over his head. We're not sure where it's going to go, but at the worst, it's going to, you know, that made a decision. Here's the worst scenario. This will happen. I don't know what they thought the worst scenario was, but they came up with the worst worst scenario and the best scenario, and then looked and saying, well, based on you know risk and stuff, we think that uh, he may not get to play much this year. May not get to play at all, but in the long run, he's got but, four, but- four, he's got four or five more years that that this is this will this will be better for us in the long run. Um, Do you think just also to the Browns? Are just so desperate to win that they don't care. Well, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, they, the driving thing is they want to win. Winning. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. I mean, don't they have one of the worst records? Well, uh, um, they've been pretty good here lately. You know, when when Baker came, like I said, they made, they made the playoffs. Uh, they've had years in the in the past. You know, when uh, when Jim Brown played for them years ago, they were they were really good. Uh, they had some runs in there uh, when uh, uh, they had some. They were heading to playoffs. They, you know, they lost to Denver one year and some. You know, so they've they've had some situations where they had fumbles at the goal line and stuff. So, yeah, they hadn't been like the Patriots and stuff. But in and out, they've had you know some good years. Now recently, they've they've you know been kind of downtrodden. And but they, so have we. Huh? <laughs> but so have we. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so they've been working this way back, and uh, so I think that they. They want to get back into there because at one time the Browns were, you know, one of the, you know, flagship teams of the uh, National Football League. Haven't you heard that joke about uh, um, Cleveland Brown fan? Haven't you heard that joke? I, I can't say that I have, Katie. But the thing about how this guy, this old guy, was like, you know, I want if when I pass away, I want the Browns to be my Paul Bears, and they said, why? And he said, so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> no, I hadn't. That's pretty good, though. Okay. So, anyways, before we go on to your um, to- next topic, in short, what do you think's going on with the Panthers in town these last few years? Well, it's been up and down. You know, the, you know, we've had a change in, in uh, ownership, um, um, a, a change in coaches. When um, I'm not sure if you asked most of the fans of the Panthers that uh, uh, that they thought that uh, you know Ron should still be there you know their 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 uh, coach because he was a I think a good coach and, and a good person I think you know he was a, was a you know good coach good good man and so uh, a lot of people felt like that that wasn't the right thing but you know had a change in ownership had a change in, in coaching um, you know and uh so yeah, they've had some you know times where they you know have had a rough time in, in the league they're in you know but not well this year's a little different but in the past you know uh, the the Saints uh, and now the the, the Buccaneers and the uh, Falcons all had established quarterbacks you know and so it was a tough tough division to win in and you almost had to win in the division to get in the playoffs even though the Panthers have gotten into the playoffs with. Uh, uh, you know, as a runner-up. And so uh, there's a certain expectation from the Panthers because they had played at that high level. You know, they've been to, you know, been to two Super Bowls. Uh, so that, you know, we know we can get there. And, and the, you know, it's the, it's, uh, football's real big here. And so I, I, I think there's expectations. And so um, they'd fallen on some bad times. Um, you know, they, they had some good times with DeLome at quarterback and um, – uh, with uh, 
Newton. Newton at quarterback. You know, they, they, both of them, both quarterbacks had carried to the Super Bowl. And they, and so, you know, they, they they didn't have the quarterback that they thought they had that could carry them there, you know. Uh, but now I think with the, with their defense and uh, uh, their receivers, and got they got great running backs. Uh, they think that if they just find that right quarterback, they got the pieces uh, to be be competitive and and get into the playoffs. And once once you get into the playoffs, you know it's you know it's win or go home. And so you know you, strange things that happen in playoffs. So um, I think they're trying to get back there, and I think they think now with 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 Baker Mayfield that they have a chance to. To, to get back in there, the um, the Falcons n- no longer have their quarterback. The Saints no longer have their quarterback. Now you still got Brady at, at, at Tampa Bay, but uh, you know, first time in a long time that uh, that we probably probably have a well, I'm say we have a quarterback that's this is good or better than the Saints quarterback or the or the Falcons quarterback, which a lot of times it'll give you a, a a leg up. Okay, we're gonna go to commercial break. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Okay, and we're back. Okay, Dad, if you if you would bring up your next topic. Oh uh, well, you know, I tell you the my two most favorite sports is baseball and college football. Mm-hmm. And with college football. Oh, I got two concerns: is um, the effect on college football from this expansion and from the NIL name, image, and likeness. Um, I guess first of all, uh, I'm concerned with the expansion that uh, that and and with the NIL. College, big time college football is going to be just a, a a different version of the NFL. I mean, it's uh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have paid athletes. Uh, it, I mean, it's already excuse me, it's already big business. I'm not saying that it's already big business, but this is going to vault it to a to a new level. Um, and I'm concerned what it's going to do to to, to college football. Um, why? Um, well, I, again, I, I guess I better uh, tell you my biases and stuff. Why I think like this is that um, I'm an old Clemson graduate. Um, I like uh, I, I love the ACC when it was just eight teams. And for, for me personally, I'd be happy if it was just eight teams today. I love to, you know, to go to to Chapel Hill for for a away game or go to uh, Georgia Tech, or you know, in, any of the the schools like that, and you could most of the locations you could do in a day, and the rivalry of the builds up, you know, the 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 fact that everybody was lo- local, and you always knew you had a bunch of friends or stuff that went to that school and stuff, and so just the, to me the fan the fan experience of of the the, the rivalries and stuff that I really enjoyed, and the, and the fact I could. If if I wanted to, could could travel to a lot of the way games, and I really enjoyed that, you know. So that's that's my bias. I like I say I would be happy with a the old eight team ACC ACC. Uh, concerned that that uh, this expansion 
uh, well, a lot of the rivalries, you know, we, uh, um, you know, we, we, Clemson was like 60 miles from Athens, Georgia, and Clemson and, and Georgia would play a lot, you know, and um, the early part of the series, you know, Georgia owned us, you know, and wasn't, wasn't very good, but during the, uh, the, during the 80s and stuff, and you know, that part, they were really great. They were, I remember they played like six games, and five of them were, were decided by a field goal in the last minute. Anyway, I'm concerned about these, these what happened to these old rivalries. And then a, uh, another thing is the, the, the schools that are not, the schools in the conference that are not football schools that are, you know, more, you know, other other. other Academics and more into basketball or soccer or whatever, you know what's going to happen there. And and one of my favorite things is the the Final Four. I'm concerned when they go this and you know a lot of the basketball schools is not going to be in this league or this conference, whatever it turns out to be. And uh, I really enjoy that, you know. And so a lot of the things that, that I enjoy, I'm not sure are going to be around. Um, and then I think about the people who who go to schools. If they go to some kind of sixty-four, you know, if they go to four conferences with sixteen teams apiece, or ever how they get there, you've got a lot of schools that won't be part of that. And, and what, what's what's that going to do to those schools and to those communities that uh, uh, always depend on the the fall their Saturdays of going to the game, and uh, not that they. Uh, had a chance to win against some of the, the the teams they played, but it was you know it was a good weekend and a good experience. And so, uh, a lot of those kind of traditions, I wonder what happened to them. And like I say, I think it's going to become, especially with the the, the NIL. And I and I agree that, that, that something needs to be done with uh, what athletes get. Uh, and I think this was a step. I'm not sure if it was a step in the right direction. And right now, there's not any kind of. No, it doesn't seem to be any kind of rules. You got. Uh, just you know, state regulations and each state's different. I guess I'm not sure, but uh, it was something that was needed. But I'm I'm not sure uh, what what it's going to do to um, to college football. Again, I think it's even though uh, again I'm known for, you know, for for years and years it's been big business, uh, but it's it, I think it's going to be looking more and more like the NFL. So that. Uh, if you don't have an NFL team in in your town, uh, then depending on what kind of school you went to or what kind of schools in your community, uh, you're gonna have a pro team there, and you'll you play teams from all over the country. You just won't play teams in your state or in your region, and uh, and that may be fine. I don't know. It's just that um, I don't think we need another NFL. I think college football somehow. And I know it's it's growing, and and, and maybe some things they can do to keep that that. Uh, same kind of level of, of, of play and, and rivalries and somewhat in the general location where you can go to some way games and you, and you can set up some rivalries because I think the rivalries is to me the for fans is the best part you know uh, um, and I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to get all jacked up about if, if Clemson you know plays I mean, you know UCLA or you know Southern Cal or something I mean that'll be a big game and stuff but I don't know. It won't have the same as playing Georgia Tech or North Carolina or any of those schools, mm-hmm. South Carolina. So, and that's happening. Well, yeah. The, and Dix- the, Dixon's in disagreeing with you in the background. Yeah. The, it, it, <laughs> right now, it's kind of, I'm not sure because you know, the Southeastern Conference, you know, is in 2024 or sooner, 
Oklahoma and Texas, and that's two huge football schools, are going into the South Houston Conference, which is already, you know, the football conference. I mean, they are, you know, they they have the best teams in the in the world uh, in that con- in that conference. And then the Big Ten, and uh, uh, no, I think the uh, excuse me, Oklahoma and Texas is going into the Southeastern Conference in 2025, and um, UCLA and Southern Cal, Pac-10 teams, Pacific Coast, are going into the Big Ten in 2024, you know. And so, again, um, I'm not sure UCLA is a big football school, but Southern Cal definitely is or has been in the past. And so you, so now they're both got to 16. And so I guess a couple things happen. What happens to the Pac-12, the, the Pac-12, the Pac, whatever it was, Pac-10 conference now, that um, they lost their two, two of their biggest schools and stuff. And what's going to happen to Stanford and and Oregon? And Oregon's a great football school. And Stanford's, I to me, is a great – I love to watch Stanford play. Um, you know, what, what's going to happen to those teams? And, you know, and, uh, you know, the Big 12 are the – yeah, the Big 12, uh, they lost in Oklahoma and Texas. Now, they've picked up four teams, you know, and, and they seem to be in pretty good shape. But – What's the long long term thing? It, like I say, if they're looking to have uh, a, a, a conference that's made up of of four uh, four leagues um, of sixteen teams, you know that's going to eliminate a lot of a lot of schools. And then again, to me, what does that do for the other sports? What does that do to, um, uh, like I say, the the final four in basketball? What does that do to the college World Series baseball, which is a big thing? Uh, and you have a lot of schools that are really good in baseball and basketball that won't be a part of this. So um, uh, I'm not sure um, you're going to get all the advantages of a big college football league and lose a lot of the things you really enjoy, you know, the baseball and uh, basketball and and the other sports that that, uh, people love to watch. So I'm just real concerned about um, what happens to – you know, college football. What happens, especially? I'm, a, you know, of course, the ACC. What happens to it? Um, uh, a big fan of the ACC. So, uh, uh, and and I love to watch the Southeastern Conference. Uh, um, my daughters are big Alabama fans, and uh, um, I am too. Um, you know, since got interested in in, in their season, and um, so and I've been a big LSU fan uh, for a long time. I was. Uh, when when Dietzel and Billy Cannon and the Chinese Bandits and the White Team and the Go Team and stuff, so uh, I've always followed them and still love to follow them too. And so, just wondering how that's going to happen. Now, I think the Southeastern Conference is going to be all all right, you know, as far as as football. But I'm I'm concerned about some of the the smaller schools and the schools that are not into that. What happens to them and how that how that affects other sports especially ba- baseball and, and basketball and soccer and things like that. So that's that's my concern. Again, it, you know, it's I'm an old guy, and I like the way it used to be. And, it's, you know, it changes. It's difficult for old people to, to take in. So I guess that's why I'm really concerned about the – and college football is my – you know, next to baseball is my favorite sport, so – so basically, you just think the whole the whole stack of cards are going to fall, or? Katie, I'm I, I, I'm not sure what it, it's just it, it and, and it's it's already big business, and it's going to be even bigger, you know. And uh, um, 
some of the things that, like I say, and I think something need to be done about what what college athletes, what kind of compensation they got. And I, I'm not sure this. Uh, nobody seemed to be prepared for when they put in this NIL, uh, how they were going to regulate it and, and how it was going to be. You know, since all of a sudden it doesn't get to be. You know, for years and years, the NCAA was always concerned about uh, uh, schools paying players to play football, and now it's wide open. And so, um, I guess it's a thing now that the you know the rich schools will get richer, and uh, the other schools that's trying to build their programs, you know, won't be able to. And then, uh, and what does that do, you know, to uh, to the programs when these small schools, when they're when they've been able to finance their uh, other sports, their their tennis and their golf and, and gymnastics and and wrestling and all these things, and, and and especially to the women part, you know, since football, even though they weren't that good, they had big games that brought in a lot of money. How will they be able to finance these other things? And so I'm just concerned about the the whole impact of of college football expansion on other other athletics, basketball and baseball. Uh, the minor sports, and, and from a financial standpoint, how will these schools that are not part of this, you know, uh, this big expansion, you know, how will they manage to, with their with their smaller sports and stuff, and, and will they have the revenue to to support those? But again, you know, some of the biggest games is when the little guy knocks off the big guy, and so in the future, you, you probably won't have that opportunity because they won't get to play the big guys and they may not be able to finance their programs so they even have a team. So it's just a it's a lot of change and, and I'm just concerned. And, and the NIL thing is, it, it, it doesn't, it's like it's just, there's no control over it. And so it's just a wild card that I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But it's something that needed to be done. Like, again, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm, the what needed to be done? That the players needed to be paid it paid, and you just yeah, don't believe they, in the expansion, they, 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 or what? They they do need to be they they do need to be compensated for what the, you know what they bring to the program and stuff. I, I'm not I, I'm I'm just I'm not sure. I don't I don't have any suggestions about how it should be done because it's a it's a hard nut to crack, uh, and it should be done. But I'm just not sure what how to affect it's going to have on sports in combination with this expansion. Uh, so. Um, that's so it's just, not necessarily they're getting paid; it's plus the expansion. Well, the the, the two things together is, is uh, a you know you you having two big changes and you and you're not sure exactly uh, what the, what the effect's going to be. Um, um, again, um, the smaller schools, the smaller sports, uh, you know, uh, you know these, you know the. The, the hockey team, the wrestling team, you know, you, know, you never hear about it, but, but kids go to school and they, and they uh, you know, get a scholarship and, uh, you know, win, win trophies and they have, you know, it's, it's something exciting in the college life other than, than football. And I've just wondered if to the, what will happen to the, uh, the smaller schools, the smaller sports, uh, is, is, will they be able to exist? And if so, you know, how will that come about? And I think the expansion and, the NIL, which is going to have a tremendous effect on the po- those possibilities, and you know, I'm just not—I don't, I don't really have a good solution. It's just a, a real concern of mine. Okay, and um, so I wanted to share because I don't understand. I want to get your opinion on. Um, 
Kevin Durant's in the news today. What do you think about him? You know why he's in the news? Well, I, I, I was surprised that uh, I, I thought that uh, that wasn't going to happen. But I did, you know, like you, I'm just heard that uh, um, that that was going to uh, take place. Uh, so basically, if you're like, what are you talking about? Basically, Kevin Durant has reached an agreement with the Nets to stay in Brooklyn, the team announced. Yeah. My thing is, I thought he had already signed a four-year contract, so why would he have left anyways? Well, again, it was, you know, uh, getting out of those contracts, depending on what the, the Nets, you know, got for him, which would have been, I don't know if there was any team that could have, that would have could afford to give uh, the Nets what, what Kevin Durant is worth because um, if he's not – if he's not the the best player in the world right now, then he's second, or you know, he's he's right up there with whoever else you want to put with him. Um, again, you know, this 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 is another one of those things. Uh, um, you know, I like the uh, not that I've ever I'm a big NBA fan, but because of the Hornets here and stuff, you know, I. I'm a, I guess you'd call me a casual fan, um, is that uh, this too is, you know, it's gone where, uh, again, the small market, <laughs> the small market teams, you know, um, that they, they can't compete, you know. And again, um, the uh, Oklahoma cities and the, the, the Charlottes, and, uh, it's a hard time when, when there's, you can go from team to team, and you can assemble. You can assemble a team like you know, like the, the Nets were supposed to be, uh, um, like the Lakers were a couple years ago, like Miami was. Um, uh, I think it was. I liked it better when the you know again this stuff is when the, uh, the you drafted somebody and you were you were with the team and stuff, and you could you know through drafts and trades you could come up with it. But now you got the uh, I think the uh, the players, the real good players, have a lot more to say about uh, who's on the team and, and, and how they're formed than uh, than the ownership and, and management does. And so, uh, yeah, you can create these super teams. And um, uh, again, I, 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 me personally, I'm not sure that's all that good for for, for pro basketball. Uh, that the, the way it was, where you know you. Um, you had teams on different different cities, and you got you you drafted what you got, and you you could you could make a great trade here or there, uh, but it wasn't uh, you couldn't have enough money to buy and create a a, a super team. Um, so anyway, um, uh, the NBA. I'm like I say, I'm a casual fan, but I, uh, again, it's like any other sports. Money drives everything, and sometimes the the result you get when the the only factor is money um, is in, in some cases it's not n- not all that good. So, uh, but they've had some you know uh, great you know the Warriors the Warriors you know I mean uh, they won with Durant and won a couple with him but they won without him too you know and so uh, you know that's a good example of a team that uh, you know through drafts and stuff and you know smarter getting getting Steph. Curry when they got him and uh, I don't know I like that that kind of team but I'm but from Charlotte's standpoint will, will we will we ever be able to compete since we're a small market will we ever be able to uh, have a team of Durant's and uh, 
the big times. Yeah, the big time players. So that that again, and, and it's good basketball. I'd love to go watch it, but uh, you know, it it would be nice to every once in a while, like get in the playoffs and and get be, be playing later than just the first round. And uh, with this kind of setup, I'm I'm not sure. You know, sure the the small market will be able to do it. And just look at Oklahoma City. About all these players came through Oklahoma City. It's amazing if, if they were able to keep the players they drafted, how good they would be. But I don't think they could afford to, to keep those players as they got better. And uh, it's a shame because they, they, they would have been a really strong team. Uh, so, anyway, that's – I don't – That's have, it. Yeah, that's, that's it about it. Again, it's uh, the same kind of situation of uh, – of getting getting bigger and and what that does to competition and what that does to to smaller markets, you know, it's a it's a, you know, like I say, I, 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 we're gonna have a hard time in in basketball getting to the point that we can uh, uh, be playing in the you know past the first round just because uh, of being, being a small market city and we won't have the the wherewithal to the monies and the backings and stuff to. To put together a team like uh, like the Nets or the Lakers or or uh, any of those you know strong teams. Now Milwaukee was a kind of a surprise, uh, but again that uh, they were they happened to draft a uh, superstar uh, player that uh, uh, is a game changer, and that happens every once in a while, you know. But uh, I don't know how long they can keep that together, but that that was a, a nice breathless fresh air is seeing. Milwaukee win the NBA championship, uh, but they uh, had a player that was just, you know, just super. And so that was good. So what what else you got? I mean, the only thing that I researched was that Nick Saban signed a big old contract today. Did you oh, know that? I saw that. I saw that. I, I'm glad Nick's. It says $96.3 million contract to, through 2030, I believe, 2029 season. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. So I guess when someone's like, hey, if this guy's making this much, why shouldn't the players make something, right? And then, uh, so he's number one top salary. Kirby Smart is second with $11.25 million. Then Brian Kelly, $9.5 million. Mel Tucker at $9.5 million. Ryan Day, nine point five. Jimbo Fisher, nine point five, And Dabo Sweeney at nine point three. Yeah, hmm. That's it. That's all I got besides our dog crying in the background. But I, I guess I'll, I'll put this in. I do have, a, uh, if I was the, the, the czar, and not that it would correct all the things I was concerned about, but uh, as far as this expansion, if the Southeastern Conference stays at 16 like they are with their teams, with Oklahoma and, and, and Big Ten stay like they are with UCLA and Southern Cal, if the ACC could, uh, if Notre Dame would, would agree to play in the ACC, and the ACC would also, I think, another good team that would match the ACC with its private and public and uh, academics and all that kind of stuff would be Navy, uh, and that would be a 16-team league with with adding Notre Dame and Navy. And Notre Dame would have a lot of the teams that they play. They, they play Navy all the time. Uh, they play uh, uh, Boston College a good bit. Uh, Syracuse every now and then. They've played Florida State and Miami. Uh, and that would give them, you know, uh, a lot of good teams. And I'm, the only thing I don't know about is how, what they would do with the with the Pac-10 and the Big 12, putting that conference together so it has 16. Then you would have that 
that super super conference of uh, our super uh, association, if we want to call it, super association of of big college teams, uh, the 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 Big Twelve and the Pac Ten. But you'd leave a lot of good programs by the wayside, and I'm not sure, but uh, it would maybe keep some stability to the ACC, and and that it would be, you know. For the most part, playing within its bounds, you know, uh, Navy is in is in in Maryland, and so the only team that's not really a part of that Atlantic Coast is is Notre Dame, um, but that would be a good fit. And the the teams in the Big Twelve and the Pac Ten, the football schools there, if they they combine, I know you'd leave a lot of a lot of folks out over there. So it's almost like, unfortunately, or you, you, instead of four sixteen teams, you, you, almost, you almost need five. You need five. Leagues, and I don't know what the, how that would match as far as their playoffs and stuff. But uh, if they want to expand and get to that, try to do that with the least uh, effect on some of these other conferences. And the um, and the Big Twelve and the Pac-10 have already been, you know, I don't know what they've been really dealt a tough hand. Um, so uh, that's the concern is what happened to them. And that'll be my final note, Katie. Okay, well, final, a final note is Dixon, since he's been crying in the background, how old is Dixon going to be on Monday? He'll be 15 years old. He's what do you a, think, Dixon? And so, in, if, again, if I'm not sure if they changed that, but it used to be that, that dog years were – one dog year was equal to seven mm-hmm. human years. Now, mm-hmm. the life he's leading, I, I can't figure out why one dog year is seven human years because he – of all the – the living things in our household, he has the best deal. He he gets fed. He sleeps. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't go to work. Uh, he doesn't even do any chores around here. I mean, he's got it made, but he'll be 105. Wow. Yeah. And he still looks good. You know, his his coloring is he's white, you know, white and black, and he's getting a little, just a little bit of gray around above his eyes. But otherwise, he, he's not showing his age at all. Um. Why do you think he's crying right now? If someone's like, why is that dog crying? Uh, let's see. It is, well, anytime you get anywhere near 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're just a little past 3, his, uh, his little appetite picks up. So that he, he, he's, he's, he knows it's getting closer when he wants to eat. And, I'm, and he ate late this morning, so I'm not sure why he's uh, whining right now. The only thing, the other thing is he wants our attention. Yeah. He's noticed that we've been sitting here talking and not paying a bit of attention to him, and he's a little jealous. I think so. Aren't you? Yeah. Okay, Dad. Well, that's that's it. We'll see how this does, and maybe you'll definitely come back. What do you think? I th- well, I, I don't know if they'll have me back, but I'd love to come back. I enjoyed talking and rattling along, you know, and it's nice to, to say things and, and you don't have people saying, no, no, that can't happen. Or, yeah, you get to say a thing you want to say with a, without people jumping on you. So that was fun. Okay, yay. Thanks, Dad. Bye. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.